Welcome to the Dr. Dad's Podcast, where a naturopath and chiropractor come together each week to share lifestyle medicine, health advice, and inspiring interviews with some of the top experts in health and wellness, bringing you the latest in nutrition, exercise, ancient healing, toxins and detox, your microbiome, mindset, hormones, brain, and much more. Stay tuned. We're going to teach you how to experience growth daily. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Dad's Podcast. I'm here with my main man, Dr. David Wardy. Him and I have been um, away from each other physically for dude, almost it's been four like, years. Almost dude. four years. Yeah, Clarissa had to correct me the other day. It's not quite four, but we're approaching four years. It would be four years in March. Next March. Yeah, but thank goodness we're breaking that cycle in November. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. T minus less than a month now. I'm excited. That's right. Yeah, Get so to come we... hang out with the Jensen tribe. and It's a reunion. Yeah. It's a reunion. It's been, it's been too long, man. Yeah. Way too long. Yeah. So uh, on the journey there, obviously, we've got a couple podcasts to go. And today we're going to dive into some amazing content with a beautiful guest of ours. His name's Mariah Shane, and he owns a company called Hair Naturally, or more Hair Naturally, I should more say. Naturally, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, love, I love the philosophy that you come uh, with your, your experience. So, I mean, you're in the, the acting world, you're in, mm -hmm. you know, with all sorts of people where vanity was very important. And obviously you got to look good on camera. Otherwise you're probably not going to get the gigs that you want. Sure. Um, but like, let's, let's talk a little bit about that transition for you of moving yeah. into this space of, of hair, which you've become an absolute expert on. I've got a chance to listen to you on a few different podcasts. So oh, cool. welcome right. to the show and, and tell us a little bit about your journey with that. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's not the, the hair, the hair loss journey wasn't actually related to acting, surprisingly, um, I've I've always I've always liked the idea of being able to help people. That was always the intention in everything I was doing. And the in terms of like the hair loss world, what happened was my father in the '90s started losing his hair, and our our whole family, every man in my family is bald. We're a hundred percent bald, all of us. I should be I should be. I should have no hair right now. I'm, I'm thrilled to have what I have. Um, so my father started losing his hair. And now our, my, my whole approach to health and life and my family's whole approach to life and health has always been that, okay, our bodies have evolved synergistically with nature for millions of years. For millions of years, our bodies have been programmed to survive and thrive and do great in harmony with the world around it. And so whenever someone in my family got sick or had like a, some sort of physical challenge, the, the, the methodology and the thinking was, okay, so what, what in our body is supposed to be fixing that? Like what in our body is not working that is causing this problem to exist? And then how do we strengthen that mechanism so the body can start to repair itself and keep, keep those mechanisms alive? So that's always been our, our approach. We've always looked for nature for those strengthening elements because that's how we've been doing it for millions of years. And why is it different now? It, it really shouldn't be in terms of our body and our relationship to that. So when my father started losing his hair, that's initially where we looked, but there wasn't anything there. There was like, there are some home remedies. There's always been home remedies. Like at one point it was chicken poop on your head. At, um, when my father was looking, it was, it was all about onion juice on your head, wow. which actually onion juice has a little validity in terms of the sulfur, the sulfuric content, 
but you're never going to get what you need from the onion juice. You're just going to you smell, smell like onions. It'd be kind of sad. Yeah. yeah. Chicken, like chicken poop. What was the, like, what was the draw for chicken poop? What was in it? I don't know, but it was, I don't know, but it was a big, it was like, it was the thing back wow. in like the early 1900s. If you had hair loss, chicken poop, that was the answer. My goodness. So, so anyways, my father, we didn't have anything. So my father went down the, the route that everyone, the drug route, the same route that people go down today. It's the same. The same drugs that we're using today were the ones that were developed in the 70s that my father was using in the 90s. And it got him really sick. He lost his, he he got very lethargic. He started developing body pains. He developed breasts that altered his hormones. And at, which, at that point, we were all just like, you know, you can't, you got to stop. You're, you're miserable. You can't do this. And I'm assuming, my, oh, just, just sorry to yeah. cut you off. I'm assuming he was on a 5-alpha reductase inhibitor of some he was, kind. Correct. Yeah, correct. Right. Yeah, correct. And then, so it was, it was a finasteride. Right. Um, which essentially is what that is, yeah. And then so um, so my my mother's from Italy and she was talking to a cousin and they're like, oh, well, there's this little uh, pharmacy down the street. They call it the labs pharmacies. So it was actually a little lab. Which is, there's a little pharmacy down the street that's doing some very exciting uh, work in this natural, in the natural field. And my mom's like, yeah, yeah, send us some, great. So she sent, so she sent us some and my father started using it and it started working and it was all natural. And then my family became their North American distributors. Now, at that point, we we're like, we should probably learn what hair loss is. Because we had this product, it was working, but we had to figure out why and what it was and what it did. And that was really the entrance into it. And then when we discovered like what the actual mechanics of hair loss were, we felt like we could do better. That product from Italy was great, but it wasn't working good enough it wasn't coming the hair wasn't fast enough coming back fast enough it wasn't coming back thick enough but it was producing results so at that point we started studying like what is hair loss and then once we start discovering like the mechanics of it we're like wait it, this is a pretty clear problem here we could there's got to be a solution to this so then we started researching medical journals all over the world and we found that there was tons of studies like natural studies in the field of stem cells probiotics, amino acids, peptide complexes that were producing these incredible results in laboratory studies, but weren't in any products. So we contacted a lab here in California and we're like, can we take all these ingredients and put them in one product of their clinical strength so that they get results? And can we do it in one product? And is that even possible? So it took a couple of years and we figured out a way to do it. And then we moved all our operations to California. And going forward, we sort of made everything with that philosophy but that was the entrance into it and that yeah that was the entrance into the world that's amazing i'm curious like so you had this the product is natural remedy from italy mm -hmm. what kind of results like did you notice then just with with that that core remedy yeah well the because you so said the, your father core, was like he was full-on bald at this point or he, well no he wasn't full-on bald okay. at that point he was start he started losing it because gotcha. if somebody's full-on bald, that's an indication that the follicles are dead, dead and they yeah. can't be helped. Right. So he wasn't so he wasn't full-on bald, but he was definitely going that way fast. And what the product from Italy did was it slowed down the shedding, which is the first step that any decent product should do. It should slow down the shedding. And then um, this so the it wasn't it wasn't that he was necessarily developing new follicles or new sprouting. It was um, just slowing down the shedding, from what you could tell. Well, he did start developing some some like new growth. Some stuff start filling in. Okay. But the problem is it wasn't filling in 
fast and the hair that was coming in, it wasn't very thick and strong, but it was coming in. Gotcha. So there was something working there in the natural world and it was better than what was out there, but it wasn't, it wasn't working good enough to really like be the game changer that we wanted it to be. Gotcha. So David, David, go ahead. I'm sure you got some questions on the process. Well, no, you know, as I'm listening to just like, there's, I mean, I'm sure we'll get here, but you know, there's a history of products that were used and there's some stuff I'm guessing it's just a whole lot more natural, right? Yeah. But as you guys are talking, I just keep thinking, well, what about the stuff that we're already just putting on our, our scalp that's interfering with all of this kind of back yeah. to what we were talking at the beginning, right? Like what's the mechanism that's, that's, that's causing issues and not allowing the body to do what it's designed to do. And, you know, I've, I've had, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but I've had my, my issues with hair loss. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm 41 now yeah. and I probably didn't start till I was 40 and you know, my big thing and, and my thinking was I just started getting, I'm listening to you guys talking, like I got tons of shedding. It just started coming out of nowhere. Yeah. Like right yeah. when I hit 40 and, and I would comb my hair and I'd be like, what the hell? Like my hair is just falling out all of a sudden. Right. And, you know, I, at first it just attributed to stress levels just because of like with Clarissa's health for a while, you know, I was dealing with a lot of stress. But then I kind of like zoomed that lens out. And like I'm saying again, I, I started looking at, well, what am I doing that could be contributing to this? That like, am I doing anything I shouldn't be doing? Mm -hmm. And of course, I started with like, well, what am I putting in my hair? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've always used those like putties, those styling putties for my hair. Mm -hmm. And I realized that those two products that I've been using for probably a pretty long time, man, they weren't the cleanest products. Mm -hmm. And so... I was like, okay, so toxicity, toxic burden's got to be playing a role here. So I immediately got rid of that and found something natural to put on my hair that didn't have any toxins. Um, and then well, I'm sure we'll get into this. I don't want to interrupt the flow of where we were going, but that that was kind of the first thing I thought of, right? Like, okay, let me remove any interference that I'm causing because that might be contributing a little bit. And, you know, funny enough, just changing products and it took some time. But then about six months, I started to notice I wasn't getting as much shedding on my uh, and when I was combing my hair. And I was starting to know a little bit of, of growth back, but not strong growth. So I guess that's taken us kind of to where we're at now with you talking mm -hmm. about your dad. Um, but yeah, I mean, kind of continue there. But I'm just curious, like, were you thinking of any, like, removing any things that you were already doing that may have been contributing to the hair loss? When at the time, no. We didn't. Now, now, yes. Um, the, see, the, I mean, because stress is such a huge factor. It's such a big factor in, in hair loss. And, but it's not the main factor, but it's a very, very big factor. So there's, especially over, you know, the past three, three year period, you know, we've been having, stress is, is affecting a lot of people very negatively in all facets of their body and, and life. And so stress is a big deal in terms of, of hair loss, or at least, and, and it can really exasperate the problem as well of hair loss as well. But the good thing about stress related hair loss is it's a quick fix. You know, it, it's a, like, we have a lot of people who they're going through very stressful times, like be a, you know, you know, it was COVID and then it was, you know, the jobs, economy, loss of a spouse, um, all that, all that stuff. And so they'll, they'll use us temporarily while they kind of get through that and, you know, work out 
their life and sort of rearrange their life and handle that stress. And then once the stress is, is handled and they're kind of out of that, you know, hyper mode, then they, you know, stop using us because they're okay again. Um, but that's not the overall like arcing uh, cause of hair loss. Should we just jump into it? Yeah, let's yeah, look yeah. at the, let's okay. the path of yeah. physiology right, a little let's bit. Go yeah. Okay, so, so there's tons of reasons why people lose their hair. You know, there's stress, medications, health issues, environmental toxins, environmental issues. But the overall arcing reason that someone loses their hair is because of something called DHT. Um, now, I'll just, DHT is when your body breaks down testosterone, it creates a byproduct called DHT. And that DHT is generally just excreted through your body. But when it passes by the hair follicles, it gets stuck in, in a, basically a pothole. It's a DHT receptor site, but for a good visual, it's a little pothole. Now, these are the inherited traits of hair loss. So like if somebody, you don't actually inherit hair loss. What you inherit are these potholes. So as the DHT passes by, it gets stuck in these potholes. And as more and more gets stuck, it begins to cut the blood flow off to the follicle. So over time, more and more gets stuck, less and less blood's being delivered to the follicle. The follicle starts to get weaker and weaker, thinner and thinner, starts shedding, and then eventually it just dies. Um, so in a nutshell, that's really the mechanics of, of hair loss is that function. Now, how much hair loss you'll have is really, it's, it's really dependent on either how much testosterone you're producing, which will result in how much DHT you're producing versus how many of these little potholes you've inherited. So if you have, if you have tons of potholes, but you're not producing a lot of DHT, you're not going to have hair loss till much later in life, which is why, why women tend to see hair loss later than men because they're still producing dht but they but they're producing less than men so even though they may have inherited a bunch of these little potholes it's going to take longer for enough to accumulate that it really starts to suffocate the follicle you know whereas a man could actually have inherited very few he has like no hair loss in his family but he's producing tons and tons of testosterone meaning tons of dht as well he's going to have hair loss, you know, and he'll be like, none of my brothers have hair loss. No one in my family has hair loss, you know, but that that's wise because he's producing an excess amount of that. Now we don't believe in changing your hormones at all. And like, like what, what you mentioned earlier, like the finasteride, which, which blocks the, it, it inhibits the enzyme, which is used to break down testosterone, which creates the DHT. Now, the problem with that is testosterone is great and our bodies want to use it and need to use it. But if you start inhibiting your body's ability to use the testosterone it's producing, it, you're gonna, it's going to lead to problems because your body produces testosterone and then it breaks that body down, the testosterone down, so it can actually use the testosterone and get all the maximum benefits that that, that testosterone has to offer. But if you start inhibiting your body's ability to break it down because you don't want it to create this byproduct, then your body no longer can use the testosterone the way it's supposed to, which is why there's one of the reasons why there's so many side effects associated with, with those drugs. So now our, our approach and our concept and what we've discovered is two things. One is our only goal, our main goal, I should say, is to get the DHT off the follicle. So the way that we found to do that is a couple of things. 
but the main the main ingredient we found that does that is a uh, is hyaluronic acid which is found in your joints and eyeballs a lot of skin creams have it we have a, a medical grade which is 10 times the molecular weight of uh, hyaluronic acid you would buy like in a skin cream or face cream and what it does is it absorbs into the membrane and it coats the follicle and then the dht just slowly kind of displaces the DHT. So the DHT just kind of slides off and goes back into your bloodstream and it's just excreted the way it's supposed to be. And then in doing this, it allows the blood to flow back to the follicle. And when it leaves behind the coat, it, it, it leaves behind the coating that is there for a while. It's not forever, but it's there for a while. So future DHT can't build up. And then at the same time, see, this is what we were doing with the first product. So we found that the hyaluronic acid can help get the get the DHT off. But a lot of times the follicle was too damaged to really come back strong enough and fast enough. So that's when we start adding the stem cells, the probiotics, the amino acids. So we get the blood flowing back to it. And at the same time, we start bombarding it with all of these really rich, rejuvenating, healing nutrients. So we're, we're aiding in that rebuilding of it so the follicle can start to produce strong, healthy hair again. That was awesome. That's such a descriptive way of describing what was going on. I'm fascinated by the circulation side of things. Because <laughs> in the way like Dave and I talk about this often, but setting up the right environment for healing to take place. And yeah. you think of the, the circulatory system, the microcapillary beds that are feeding those follicles. If that delivery system, the highways, the superhighways of the superficial follicle area is not contributing to feeding the follicle but also getting rid of the toxicity burden that's there whether it be from a hair product that people are using topically or whatever mm -hmm. like pesticides or other things yeah. bioaccumulating in our environment that are that are toxic to to our skin cells are going to affect obviously those hair follicles too but i'm curious like like do we know more specifically that the role of dht and the blood flow because like, is, is there some sort of like is it, is it drying the follicle out? Like what's happening that would maybe cause swelling locally or something that would prevent the microcirculation from feeding that follicle? Or do, or do we understand that enough? You know, I have not, I've not actually asked that question. That's a, that's a great question. And I haven't asked that before. Because there's, there's a role so here. I don't, for I don't like have just, an answer. I don't have an yeah. answer for you on that one. Yeah. Because I find it fascinating. Because like there's a role of like yeah. red light therapy, right? That, yeah. that can help with microcirculation and there's like just brushing your hair and just mm -hmm. scalp massage like you were talking uh, sure. in some of your notes just um in prepping for this like people do acupuncture there's different yeah. ways to, to contribute to blood flow but it would be interesting to see like when dht the binds up those receptor sites and it, and it mm -hmm. finds a home there is it like swelling the tissue like i wonder what's happening that's contributing to like the blocking of blood flow but maybe that's Maybe someone listening well, knows the answer to that too. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'd love to. I'd love to know. But see, yeah. the things with all those of like massage, uh, acupuncture, all that stuff is is great because, and the reason why people will see results with that is because they are they're getting the blood past yeah. that DHT buildup. So they are. So it's get it's getting something to the follicle. So that all that stuff is very is very valuable to to do, especially if you're not doing anything massage is something you can do just right now you know yeah. you don't have to do anything you don't have to research you don't have to buy yeah. you don't have to there's nothing you have to do you can just do it and it's and it's it's very helpful for yeah. that i mean ultimately you do want to get that dht off because that that is that's that's the real issue we have a lot of people who call 
and they're like on amazing diets and they're taking incredible supplement supplements, which is so vital and so important and awesome. And we really encourage that, but there's, they're freaked out because their hair, their hair health is not very good. And I'm like, well, and the, the problem is, is that all those incredible nutrients just aren't making it to where they need to go. I'm, there's, there's tons of benefits everywhere else in your body, but they're not making it to the follicle where they need to make it. So the, the really the, the big game changer is just getting that off the follicle and getting the blood flowing back to the follicle Love it. in a way that's sustainable in a way that, cause there's, cause that that's, that's essentially what minoxidil is designed to do, but the, but you're dependent on it for life because it's not actually taking the barrier away. It's just forcing it up against it and through it. So if somebody gets results from it, it's because it made it through the, it forced the blood through. But then the second you stop, it's the drug that's forcing it through. So the second you stop, you stop having that flow and then the follicle just dies. Yeah. But ultimately that's the goal is to get the blood flowing back to the follicle. And if you do it on your own, the body starts functioning the way it's supposed to be functioning. The follicle just comes back the way it's supposed to, but yeah. it won't come back a hundred percent for a lot of it. Cause a lot of people wait a long time. And yeah. so once a follicle dies, it's dead. So a lot of people, if they're waiting like 15, 20 years, there's going to be dead follicles interspersed with their current hair setup, you know? And so it's just, it's not, it's never going to come back a hundred percent. Yeah. And so like the, like we mentioned, even your father or just people who are bald, once it's shiny, like tell us like what, what does a dead follicle look like on the surface of the skin? Like where's someone, yeah. where is your product not going to work essentially? Like your forehead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like right here. It's not, it's not, not gonna the work. lower forehead, like it's, I, above it's not, the eyebrows. It's not going to work right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that, that's an indication that there's, that the follicles have died. Yeah. Is, is that shiny, that shiny bald skin. Yeah. David, go ahead, buddy. Oh, but uh, just real quick. Sorry, David. There's just, if you but if someone has like an acute illness though and they suddenly lose all their hair that doesn't mean their follicles just died um because there is a dormant phase that they go through so if someone has like a sudden acute illness they lose all their hair suddenly that doesn't mean that that they're just going to be bald forever um there, there is there is hope that they it can come back because it does go to a dormant phase first just so someone hears that happens to someone, they're not panicked suddenly, you know? So I'm thinking, so DH, DHT is kind of, is the main problem here. And we need to get that stuff pretty much out of holes, like you're saying, and then we yeah. need to restore the circulation, correct? Um, you know, how much does, like you hear, we talked about red light, Nick mentioned that, but a lot of people will run to like collagen and some of these other things when they're losing hair as well to yeah. try to strengthen, you know, hair, skin and nails. Like, tell me a little bit about that. Like, do you use that in some of your products? Is that not something that you found really helps with this process, uh, really getting to the root of it kind of deal? Like, well, I think it's all good. I, to be honest, it's all good. Like red light, is it's great, you know, because red light does help increase circulation. It does. Um, and collagen's great. It's great for your body. It's, I mean, there's different kinds of collagen, and as you guys know, but, but collagen's great. But again, you got to get it, you got to get it to where it's going to make a difference. And if it's being blocked and you can't get it there, 
you're not going to see the results that you're looking for. But here's something that that also is, I think, really important, though. Um, it's it's the the actions matter, you know, like so somebody is concerned about about their hair and they they read somewhere or someone told them like collagen's great and they go get collagen and they start taking collagen. That's important because that's a that's a positive action that somebody's taking to make a difference in their life. And it, it's it's and just in taking that action alone, that action is going to help increase their their self-esteem, their self-awareness, their energy, because they're in control. They're putting themselves back in control of a situation that they might feel out of control of. So, so I would never discourage anybody from taking, um, from taking an action and then sticking to it because that action is putting them, is empowering. You know, I, I might not think that that's the action that's going to get them the ultimate result that they're looking for. But I do think that action will ultimately help set them up to feel better about themselves and their lives. And in doing that, they might stop caring about their hair situation because they don't have attention on it anymore, which ultimately is the goal. You know, the goal ultimately is to get your attention off your body and have your attention focused out in the world. Because the more you're out in the world, the more you contribute to your environment, your friends, your church, your, your group, your, you know, everybody. And, and when you can contribute more with your full energy and your heart and your focus, the world's just a better place. Your, your environment's a better place. Your friends are uplifted and then they go out. It's kind of a slow snowball effect. So the goal is ultimately to, if you have attention on your body, to quickly do those things that you need to do to fix it and then get your attention off your body and put it back where, where it belongs. And the, the fun part about that though is you don't actually have to get the result to have that self-confidence and that gain. Like, and the best example is if you go to the gym, you know, like I'll go to the gym, you know, I'll check myself out before, I'm fine, a little, little flat, but okay, not so bad. I'll work out for an hour, look at myself in the mirror, look kind of exactly the same, but I feel great, you know, because I'm doing it and I'm on it and I have that boost and I have that energy and that confidence of like, oh yeah, it's how I'm going to take my shirt off. I'm going to leave with no shirt, you know, and I look the same as I did, but I'm doing the right things. And I know that. And so I get that, that boost and that confidence, knowing that I'm going in the right direction. And I don't really, I'm not really that concerned about it because I know I'm doing what I need to be doing and I can focus on other things. That's such a, I agree, message. man. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the action piece is huge. You know, you know, back to like when I was losing my hair, I remember, I wasn't really even aware of it. And I went to get a haircut and the girl that was cutting my hair was like, Oh, I'm just going to like cut it right, right here where your bald spot was. And I remember thinking bald spot, what are you talking about? I don't have a bald spot. <laughs> so I remember getting home and like filling my hair and like taking pictures of my phone. And like, I was like, Holy shit. I have a bald spot on the back of my head right now. And it was concerning. Right. But again, mm -hmm. like you're saying, I, I knew immediately, okay, I need to take action here. Like there's things I need to change. I'm losing my hair. Like what's going on here. Right. So, like I said, I changed my hair products. Um, I started doing a ton of red light therapy. Yeah. Um, I started taking collagen, like all these things. But another thing that I did at the very front end that I had a question for you is there's all these oils that are being sold now and these like serums that you mm -hmm. put, but they're oil based. 
Yeah. Like I'm curious how these oils are helping with hair growth because some people will show before and afters and they actually do get a, a decent amount of hair growth back from these like just natural oil mixes. Can you expand a little bit on that? Do you know much about the oils? Um, well, it really depends on what, what the, what's in them and what they're, what they're doing, you know, cause there's, I mean, it, it really depends on that oils in general. Um, I, I, I like to avoid personally. Um, we don't have any in, in any of my products. So I feel like it could potentially um, not only make your hair greasy and your scalp greasy, but it can also clog your, ultimately at the end of the day, start clogging all your pores. Um, so I just try to avoid that, but it, it really is on an ingredient basis and what, what is, you know, it's not the oil itself, it's necessarily what's in it. You know, and there's, there are lots of, there's lots of like botanicals and we have, we have, I have tons of botanicals in my products as well that help, that will help, you know, um, this probably has a lot of stimulation botanicals. There's a lot of botanicals out there that help stimulate and increase blood flow. So it's probably has a bunch of those kind of ingredients in it, I'm guessing. So it sounds like the majority of these products that people are throwing out in the market that are like you see in abundance is really everything's just trying to increase blood flow, but they're missing this mm -hmm. big piece of like, we got to get this DHT out of the pore, out of the follicle so that you can allow that blood flow. And, and really that's, I think that's the missing piece because I didn't even know about that. I mean, that's the first yeah. I heard about that. And now I'm creating understanding of actually what's causing this problem. But I think if more people knew, they would know, okay, I need to find a product to get this stuff stripped off my follicles first, and then I got to go after the circulation. Because I feel yeah. like a lot of people just maybe go after circulation first. Mm -hmm. That's like the first thing they're going after, right? Right. I mean, Nick, there's even injections, isn't there? Like, mm -hmm. what kind of yeah, injections yeah. are there? Well, that was, that was one of the questions I was going to ask, because there's like, there's topical peptides like GKCU, uh, maybe mm -hmm. you're familiar with that one, uh, which is big in the peptide world. Um and then the, yeah, there's, there's injectable forms of these peptides too, but mm -hmm. yeah, I'd love to hear sort of that side of thing, uh, with regards to your products, because it sounds like you've, you've solved that, that exact question that David was well, referring to. Here's with the, with the injectables, here's what, here's what our, what our experience has been with them in terms of dealing with clients who, who have gotten them. Um, they're, they're painful. I mean, which some people care about, some people don't. But with, especially with like when there's, because they have somewhere they, they take your stem cells out and then they, you know, the plasma and they. Then they yeah, like PRP. Yeah. The PRP, yeah. Yeah. And so what we found with PRP in terms of people that we communicate with, you know, is that it works well for people who are younger. It works well for people who are under 40, you know, is what we found. Even even like under 35 is ideal. Once you start getting older, the, the stem cells that they take out aren't seem, don't seem to be as strong or don't take as well, or they just don't seem to take as well is what we found. So when we talked to people who are like, yeah, I got PRP when I was like 30 and it was great, but now I'm, you know, 45 and I'm losing my hair and, you know, but, and then we talked to people who are like, you know, older and they're like, yeah, I've been doing PRP and it just, I just, it just doesn't work. I'm not seeing anything. So, and we find that consistent, that consistent thread of it works well when you're younger and when you get, as you get older, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to produce the results that people are hoping it will produce. 
but again, that's just, that's our experience. I know um, in terms of our, how we, when we communicate with people, that's what we're finding. Um, I'm sure there's lots of people that have success with it though. Yeah. And I've seen mixed results too. Like yeah. I don't, I don't specifically perform that procedure, but I've had other clinicians in their our practice that, that have done it. And I've seen some yeah. really fascinating res results, but now that you mention it, it's usually on the, the younger population. Right. Uh, where, where, where I've seen those results and not necessarily on the older, but again, I, I don't work with it, so I can't really comment specifically. So yeah. let, let's talk about uh, some of the peptides and stem cells. Like there's plant-based ones that you found and there's, mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about that for people because yeah, I think well, it's interesting. Have, all, all our stem cells are are plant based. We have different stem cells in in each of our product to address whatever specific issue we are trying to address in that product. We look for, you know, we, we do it results based research. So we're like, what what's the result we want to achieve, and then we look for where that result's being produced, and then how do we get all those those ingredients into a product. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty simple. It's a pretty simple like mindset that we have in terms of creating products. It's all just result driven. Um, so all our stem cells are botanical, except for one, we do have an adipose derived stem cell, which is uh, it's from adult fat cells and they're donated. And that one was a little bit tricky because, you know, stem cells, not, not a lot of people know tons about stem cells. And there is controversy around like embryonic stem cells. And some people think the stem cells, the stem cells, stem cells are all the same, you know? And so I was like, well, if we have a human stem cell in, is that going to open the door to a lot of people kind of like freaking out or thinking that we're, you know, riding some controversial wave or something like that? And I mean, it's not, they're just donated from adults, you know, 18 to 35, um, and it's from fat cells. But I kept the research on it was so compelling. Like it was so compelling. Like if you just Google adipose derived stem cells and hair loss, there's just government studies has come up on like what the, the results of these studies with this particular stem cell. And so I, I couldn't really ignore that. I kind of felt like we got to, we can't ignore this, this ingredient. We should, we got to have it and just, you know, make clear what it is so that it doesn't come with like fear attached to it. Um, but every, everything else is, is botanical. I love it. Well, yeah. I definitely want to talk about your protocol specifically, but maybe before we get there, let's dive into just, you know, the populations that, that are really being affected by this and how this is affecting them emotionally. Like you touched on that a little bit beautifully, mm -hmm. but I think it's really important for people to address maybe the elephant in the room, which is basically, you know, how do you feel in your body and really addressing right. things from, from that more holistic point of view. And, and, and like you said, take some of the tension off of the hair and then put it, put it into this, this whole being that we are, but I'd love to hear yeah. some of your philosophy on that in a little bit more detail. Well, I think the, the word vanity has a bad rap, you know what I mean? People hear vanity and it's, it's a negative connotation. And I think part of that is because like, you know, in the movies, you know, the dude with all the vanity is always like the douchebag, you know, <laughs> he's always like the so jerk true. in the eighties movies. Yeah. That's like fixing his hair and, and like, don't be a jerk, man. Just don't be a jerk, but you should care about how you look. And the only reason that you should care about how you look, and it's not care about the perception of how you think other people think you look. It's how you feel you look. And the only reason, the one reason you should care about that is because the physical absolutely affects the mental in terms of like 
you put on a nice suit, you're like, oh yeah, today's the day. It's going to be on. It's going to be a good one. Or if you're wearing sweats, you know, that you've been wearing all weekend, you might, you know, eat chips and binge watch a TV show. You know what I mean? It's like, there's, there's, and that's just physical. You're the same person, you know, but it's just, it's just physical that's affecting your mental. So the, the goal is to, to feel great about how you look. And it's not about, it's actually not about how you look. Like you could have, since we're, since I deal in hair loss, you could have crazy bald patches all over your head, but feel great about yourself. And the truth is nobody will care. But they won't even, they probably won't even notice it because you're, you're presenting yourself with such, you know, you're holding your chin up high, you're standing up straight, you're out in the world, you're focused, your intentions on other people. And because of that, other people will just be drawn to you and not necessarily your appearance. Like we all know those people who aren't like traditionally handsome or traditionally beautiful, but you're just drawn to them. You're just, it's like a magnetic thing. You want like, who is this person? What are they all about? And it has nothing to do with how they look because, you know, they, they're not traditionally what they should be looking like, but it's because their, their intention and their focus is out. So that's, that's really the goal here. So when you feel like there's a part of your body that you're uncomfortable with that, you know, like maybe you have a little bit of a gut you don't like, or maybe you know, it's your hair or your skin or something. It's, it's important to, to fix that and not fix it so that it's perfect, but fix it so that you're in control of your, of your life and in control of your body, because by putting you back in control of your body, it will basically bleed out into other areas and you'll be back in control of the other areas of your life as well. So it's more about taking those actions to put you back in control and back in, handling it and creating it how you want it to be that's brilliant i mean i can't help but think you know people like i mean david you shared your story um i see it with uh my wife too just post-pregnancy <clears throat> the hair yeah. loss that shows up uh with that and there's so there's, there's populations of people that are already feeling vulnerable uh as right. a result of you know their bodies change a tremendous amount like like in post-pregnancy mm -hmm. and yeah it's it's so important for them to put attention on on other areas of the body and yet they can be fixated and really troubled by the fact that their hair is is thinning especially for women i think maybe more so than men yeah. maybe they feel it more deeply fortunately that's yeah. that's true definitely yeah. i mean because <clears throat> it's just just the way our society is built a man can get away with being bald and it's yeah. fine uh, a woman has more pressure on her um based on like societal I mean, fake made up societal standards, but they are there, even though they're kind of, they should be irrelevant, but a woman does have more pressure. But because of that, women tend to get better results with our products because they act faster. Men, a man will wait 25 years until he's got tons of dead follicles. It takes like six months or a year for him to start to see real change where a woman, she'll wait a month and then she'll, she'll take, she'll do something and it's easier to help than it is a man. But it's true. There's a, there's a lot of unfair. There's a lot of unfair pressure. But again, it's really just about taking those actions. And and just in taking those actions, you can get over that that attention that you have. Like you don't even have to hit. Like oh my my thinning hair has been handled. You don't even have to get there. Like that's part of the process and the journey. But you don't have to achieve that to get 
the confidence back that you're looking to get back. Yeah, I love that. What, what would be an expected timeline for people? I mean, again, everyone's results are going to vary because of all mm -hmm. the factors that, that we were discussing yeah. earlier. But um, people apply a protocol like what should they start to notice? Like, let, like you mentioned, maybe less shedding first and then, you know, maybe talk a little bit about a, a general process for, for someone. Yeah, I, I'm glad you specified it as general because that's mm -hmm. that's really the best I can do with that answer is, is a very general. We do have, I do have uh, phone numbers on the top and bottom page of all of our websites because we do encourage people to call so we can talk to them and really set them up for like specific. Oh, I love that. That's great. Really. Um, but in a, in a broad, broad, general sense, we say it's a three to six month commitment before you really will start to notice change. What you would notice early on is you'll notice less shedding and then you'll notice like better hair days. It's a weird phenomenon, but you'll notice better hair days. You'll just start like catching a glimpse of yourself in the mirror or passing by a window and you're like, my hair looks great. You'll start having more of those days. but you really, it really starts to kick in around the three to six month mark, sometimes earlier, sometimes later, depending on where the person's at. But that's a pretty safe, that's a pretty safe estimate in there. Oh, well, I mean, you, you think about it, and it wouldn't make sense, right? Like, if you had a product <laughs> that was like, we could put on our head, and we had like chia, chia hair growing out, oh, like not, within not a yet. couple of weeks, I'd be a little concerned that that yeah. product works that fast, and my hair was grow that fast. So when you say that, it makes sense to me, right? I mean, that, yeah. that sounds like a ballpark amount of time that it would take to start making changes, right? With having to put in a little work and using some products. Um, and so, you know, one question I had, because we were talking about genetics earlier, you know, some people that are, let's say, genetically predisposed to losing their hair, right? Like, let's mm -hmm. say I have a lot of family members versus somebody, like you're saying, where maybe it's just more stress-related. Yeah. Like, is the timeline going to be a little different there? Yeah. Or would you say about the same? Well, with stress, um, what we're what we're finding, because all of our, when I say this, everything I'm finding is results-based. It's not necessarily study-based. It's based on, like, working with people for so long and seeing how it progresses and seeing what goes on. And with stress, it's usually about a, a three- to six-month commitment. Um, of like with our products of a daily application to get through the stress period and then it's it's like kind of a, a gradual just kind of stop you know yeah. you can reduce the because really we're just trying to get you through that period when your body's just in pure like you know flight mode and just everything's just triggered so we're trying to get you through that and yeah, nick you're listening we're like well we have to do that with our patients sometimes i mean sometimes they're just in such a bad place with their health. There's some things we have to give them temporarily in the acute stage to just get them through where they're at right. until that healing starts. And then, yeah, we can change it. But that makes that makes perfect sense with, with this stuff as well. Yeah, I know, I've noticed that with a lot of with a lot of, uh, you know, healers or people involved in healing is sometimes there's preliminary steps that have to be taken before mm -hmm. the actual like right. healing. Like you have to get someone just out of that funk. And then once they're out of that like intense, you know, suffocating funk that they're in, then they can actually focus on like finding what's wrong and, and handling it. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, I've seen that with patients even that have acute heavy metal toxicity. I had one patient, oh, yeah. young guy, who moved to, to London, uh, living in this really old building. 
Um, and then, I mean, there's a stress of moving to a new place, what have you, but we had just got him filtering his water and his hair started to grow back normally just right. because he was getting chronic lead exposure and we ran his tests and sure enough, lead was high. So, I mean, I think, you know, I always tell patients too, that a big part of uh, medicine is time and, and we just don't really appreciate the reality of that, that, that plays because we want that change to happen tomorrow. And I think sure. when, you know, hearing stories like you're sharing and, and what David mentioned too, it's, you know, we, we have to be patient. Our body, you know, our digestive cells turn over quite quickly, but for our hair to start to sprout, you know, how it takes like, what, a few months for your hair to grow a couple inches. Like it, it's going to take some time for, for yeah. that process to come into play. So yeah. walk us through like the, the journey for people a little bit. So there's, you've got a few different products on your website. There's, I'm sure there's a way that you use them together. Could you kind of describe the flow of that? Yeah, totally. So, so the website's morehairnaturally.com and we have, like I said, we have phone numbers on the top and bottom and we, we do encourage people to call and just get a consultation, a free, a free consultation. There's no obligation to buy anything. It's literally just like, what's happening with your hair. We ask a bunch of questions. It's a conversation about the hair, basically. We ask a bunch of questions about lifestyle, vitamins, medications, and we work to track down the root cause. And then we answer any questions that might, someone might have about hair loss or their, their hair loss. It's really about what's happening to them, not general. Um, and, then, and then we offer solutions, um, you know, be it with us, maybe it's not with us, maybe it's a diet, maybe it's exercise, maybe they don't have the money to afford us, but they can, but other things they can do right now to help out, you know, it's just, it's just a conversation, really. But, you know, not everyone likes to call, people just like to buy, and that's great, too. Um, so there's, so the, there's two, like, main products that we use for the thinning hair, and that's the More Hair Naturally Nine, which has a green label, and the Hair and Scalp Synergy, which has the purple label. Now, the one that I talked about, like, the DHT and the stem cells, that's the more hair naturally nine. So that's, that's really, if someone just wants to get one item, that's the one to get it just without, uh, without talking to anybody and they just want to go to the website, that's the safest bet. But ideally we like to use, have people use both of them together because what the, what the purple label to one does, the hair and scalp synergy is it, it does a couple things, but the main, the main thing it does is it addresses the hair growth, the hair, the, the hair growth cycle. And it, it specifically the growth, the growth phase, because what happened is we found that, I mean, we didn't discover it, but we learned about it when we were researching that as the hair starts to get thinner and thinner, the growth cycle starts to get shorter and shorter, which is why when people's hair starts to thin, it doesn't grow as fast or it doesn't grow long anymore. And that's because the growth cycle is too short. So one of the things we found is that, so, okay, so we're rebuilding the follicle. And we're, you know, we're bombarding with these great ingredients and these great nutrients, but then it doesn't really have the space to grow because the growth cycle suddenly is way too short. So what this does is it is it helps address that growth cycle and put the put the follicle back into a growth phase and hold it there a little bit longer. So it's so on one end we're rebuilding it, and on the second end we're encouraging it, like okay, now's your time. Now's your time to really flourish. Um, so those are the two products that we like to, people to use in conjunction. And they're water-based. They're not oily. They're not greasy. You just spray it on. You, you hold it as close to the scalp as possible. Spray just enough to saturate those thinning areas. Massage it in for 30 seconds. Let it dry. Go about your day or your evening. Um, it's very simple, very simple application. And then are we they doing once or twice a day? 
Well, they would if they're it's once a day, but they would use both products once a day. So some people do one in the morning, one in the evening. If somebody uses a lot of hairstyling products, then we have them do both of ours in the morning because the hairstyling products can be very harsh and have a lot of harsh chemicals in them. And they could potentially harm um, some of the potency of the stem cells in our products. So we just tell them to separate it out, Mm. um, separate it out by at least four hours. So we say evening because that's safe. Just apply one, massage it in, apply the other, massage it in, let it dry. And it won't leave you greasy or oily or anything like that. And then we have we have like an all natural, very gentle shampoo, very gentle conditioner, and we have a scalp exfoliator, which is actually completely like rebalances the pH of the scalp and cleans out the, the pores because because like kind of what you were saying earlier on, David, with like you know the hair products because hair products over time will start to leave a residue on the scalp that shampoo and conditioners won't get off as well as like hard, hard water and calcium buildup and environmental toxins and pollutants. They all just clog and clog the, the pores and the follicles, which can lead to inflammation, which will also lead to thinning hair and all kinds of other non-optimum scalp conditions. So what this does is it, is it gently um, cleans out this, the pores and the follicles of the scalp so it gets off all that residue. So it can, you know, create an environment where hair can flourish comfortably and well. And just out of curiosity, like how long will do these bottles last? Is this pretty much a month's supply when you purchase some of these things? It, you know, it really depends. Like the shampoos, conditioners, and the exfoliator will last a few months. Um, it just depends on how often you shampoo and conditioner and stuff. But the the actual bottles for the thinning. It, the, the goal is to saturate the thinning areas of the scalp. That's the goal. Um, the, as a measurement, what we did so we could actually answer that question is we measured it to say eight sprays per application, a bottle will last one month. So one month at eight sprays per application. But a lot of people don't need eight sprays to saturate those thinning areas. So if you do it in five or, or six, the spray is pretty strong. So one spray will produce this kind of a lot of liquid. Um, so you might not need to do that eight sprays. So we we say at eight sprays, it's going to last a month. But again, the goal is just to saturate those thinning areas. So if it's only a couple sprays, you're going to extend the life of that bottle. Well, and I'm thinking I'm looking at your stuff, but it, this is a very affordable system to use. You know, I mean, a lot of people spend, I mean, just on PRP alone, what's that look like, Nick? What's the, the average charge? Minimum PRP, 600 like? upwards of like... Yeah, twelve thousand, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, at least yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah. people go in for these other types of procedures and stuff like that, and you know, you're getting to the source with some of these things. And and you know, my thing is, I'm always looking for value, right? Right. And sometimes I think some people can get sticker shock, but I mean, if this is three to six months and you're investing and in getting your hair back, this is very affordable, man. And I, I, yeah. my hats off to you, man, because. In this type of industry, it'd be very easy to charge a lot for some of these things, but you have really cool stuff in your products. It's all natural. And I think that what you're asking is very fair for people to invest in for that. Yeah, we I mean, I'm I'm super conscious of the price. Like I want I want people to use it because I'm I'm confident, I'm I'm right. pretty proud of it. And I want people to succeed and I want people to get results. And I really believe that that this will help with that, you know. I think one of the most important things is for you to be able to make a decision about something, act on it, and then see that you can be successful. You know, I feel like there's a responsibility I have as a human being to 
to provide that experience, you know, because if somebody has that, that experience of being successful in an action, then they'll have confidence to take other actions because they'll know that, oh, I can be successful in this action too, and this action too. So I do feel like a responsibility there. And I do definitely want to price it in a way that people can, can use it enough so use it enough that they get the results you know and use it for a long enough period that they get the results well, yeah and a little bit of time we a little bit of time we certainly but i can tell you that it's you just really care to help people and that's that's awesome you can tell yeah. that you care and you go beyond just the products and sometimes if you like you're saying they need lifestyle changes you may recommend that to them in the consultations or the phone which is it's important right i mean you kind of want everything to work synergistically. So you don't want mm -hmm. people having these crappy lifestyle habits and eating crap and stuff and then trying your products and then not getting the results. So I love oh, it that yeah. you take more of a, a whole approach to helping people with this. Yeah. And plus, you know, I know it will help in general. You know, I just know that, you know, people to have better energy, better focus, better health, you know, yeah. in general, I mean, if they take a bigger view of it. Yeah, I was going to say that in this space too, I, I see a lot of formulas just because often patients share what they're doing or what they're considering using. And a lot of them still have like the propylene glycol and the parabens and things like that in them, which yeah. kind of blows my mind. But, you know, what are some of the nastier chemicals that, that you've uh, purposely tried to avoid putting your product in? And what are like, is there any that you're like, oh, shoot, I really didn't want to put this in, but we had to for preservative, preservative sake? Um, one, one of our products has, has a very, very low grade of alcohol in it. It's very, it's very mild and it's a very small amount, but I did want to avoid that at all costs. I, I wanted to avoid alcohol, um, yeah. just cause it could be drying, but the lab was like, they're like, okay, first of all, this, the, the amount, the concentration that we have is not going to dry anybody's scalp at all. And it, um, it it's going to help just preserve it just a little bit better. So they were like, they kind of felt like it was, they felt like they needed to be there. And they, they assured me that at that level and the concentration that it wouldn't, it, it wouldn't try. But that one, I really, I, I did not want, I didn't really, that one I didn't want. All the other biggies, you know, yeah. like you were mentioning, they don't have to be there. You know, they just don't have to be there at this point. So it wasn't, those were pretty easy to not have in there. Yeah. But, but for you to know that and the fact that they're still showing up so yeah. often, even like the quote unquote natural products, I know, it, I'm it blows that. my mind. Yeah. 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 yeah so I'm, I'm surprised when I see that come, come across as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, Mariah, any, any other things that you feel like you, you, you want people to know about? Uh, you told, you told us the website, we'll share it in our show notes as well, yeah, but great. Uh, I love your perspective, as as David said. Just like you're looking at the whole picture, and um, and you you have a roadmap for people to get off your stuff, which is you know if you were yes. really out to just make money off of people, it would be that you need to do this for the rest of your life. Like so, I love the openness and the vulnerability yeah. that that you're sharing on on you know how you want to set up your company. It's it's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Well. David, any, any last words for you, buddy? No, brother. It's been a pleasure. I've learned a lot. Uh, I, I definitely a space I didn't know much about, and that I know I needed to learn more about because, you know, I get 
honestly, I get a lot of questions on hair loss pretty, pretty regularly. And now right. I can actually send them somewhere and tell them what's going on and what they need to look right. at. And so I appreciate your time, buddy, and, and your your craft and your knowledge and your wisdom in, the, in this arena. And again, like I can just tell you're a good human being, man. I just want to help people. So thank you. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, guys. It's been it's been really fun talking. Awesome. Well, I'm sure we'll we'll be chatting again at some point. Thanks so Thank much. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to subscribe to the Doctor Dads and share with your family and friends. You can also follow and interact with Doctor Nick and Doctor David on Facebook and Instagram for a daily dose of inspiration and the latest in health and wellness. Be well.